0: And joining me right now here on the phone line, as he does every Thursday, he's got his great job with the Florida Today newspaper. He's my main man, Mr. 321. And Alex Trebek, fill-in host. He's Tim Walters of the Florida Today. Cue his music.
1: There's no I in team,
0: but there is in Tim. How's bowling going on Monday, then?
1: <laughs> Not very good. I talk about it on my podcast, on my podcast, podcast. I love it when a plan comes together.
0: Tim Walters, how you doing today, buddy?
1: Hey, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Mark. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor?
0: I told you off air. We did sports trivia last Friday where you were Alex Trebek. That feels like it was seven weeks ago. It, it what was it six days. What has happened to me, man? It's, it's a crazy whirlwind of a week so far. Oh,
1: I hear you. It's, uh, I don't know. There, there's never a, a slow day on Tim Island. So I hear you. It feels like, you know, we, we've we seen each other in person twice in the last two weeks. And it feels like each meeting is six months apart. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're absolutely right. And by the way, thanks again for hosting Trivia I thought you were fantastic, and I got rave reviews, and people loved your jokes. Like, What was the one you said something about like picking up the sun or something? You're fantastic, buddy.
1: You are. (laughs) I appreciate that, Mark, and I I can't thank you enough because you gave me a chance to do something I've always wanted to do. I know I've mentioned on your show going back years how I would would have loved to have been, and this was when Alex Trebek was still alive. I would have loved to have been the person that replaces him someday. Unfortunately, they went with Ken Jennings. And uh what's her name? Miam Bialik. And she did didn't work out. And nobody likes Ken Jennings. So, uh, you know, I'm out there. I'm a lot cheaper. And boy, that'd be a fun job to do.
0: Yeah, it's open. Aaron Rodgers kind of wants it. Everyone wants the job. No one wants to do the job. I think that's what I'm seeing here. I will put in a reference for you and you could be the host of Jeopardy. Let's do it.
1: Oh, I appreciate it. I bet right now I probably have a much higher Q rating than Aaron Rodgers.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I, I will actually say my comment on record. I will. So if we do it again, do you want to compete or do you want to be the host again?
1: Well, it sounds like Alan wanted to pit you versus me, but I got to tell you, I love hosting it, but I will do anything you would like or need, Mark, because I'm more than happy to help out my friend.
0: The one question, and I appreciate that. One question that really got me, and I'm, I feel so bad I got it wrong, was I thought the Dolphins won three Super Bowl championships, but it was only two. That was a great question. I, I still can't believe it's only two, Tim. How about you?
1: Yeah, and, you know, I almost said it incorrectly because I was like, oh, you're right, five. And then I was like, wait, that's not right. It's four because it was two for them and two for the Bucks. But uh, that was the only little miscue I had. But, you know, yeah, Dan Marino and, and that amazing 84 Dolphins team lost. So, nope, nope, only two Super Bowls very early on for the Miami Dolphins.
0: All right, we're going to do it again moving forward. We're going to work on it behind the scenes, more Sports Trivia Challenge. People loved listening and watching it, so I appreciate your help. And speaking of Super Bowl, okay, what would you think of the game? We'll start there, where Kansas City defeated San Francisco in overtime.
1: Well, you know, like I told you last week, Mark, you don't bet against the best player in the game, so... You know, I said that two weeks in a row on your show. San Francisco went into the game favored. And I'll tell you what, the game started out slow. That first half was a snoozer. But as it went on, boy, did it get exciting. And, you know, uh, I was watching it with my wife. And when it came down to that one play, the the big scramble by Patrick Mahomes where he got the first down, I think he ran for about, what, nine or ten yards or so. And I said to my wife, I go, they need a first down. He's not throwing it. He's not handing it off. He's the best player in the game. He's going to go get a first down, and he did. So, I mean, look, you can just call it. When you're dealing with a player on that level, you just have to believe in them, and I guarantee you're going to be right more often than not. So, you know, a lot of people lost bets in that game, but uh, I had no doubt from the start, from weeks ago, before they were even uh, in the Super Bowl, I just believed in Patrick Mahomes, who is just incredible. So he wanted it more, he got it more, and... You know, the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions again.
0: Are they a dynasty now?
1: Oh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, you've won three out of what? Three out of the last four or five Super Bowls. You've been there four or five times now, whatever it is. But Patrick Mahomes, he's 28 years old. It's incredible. And the the crazy thing to think is he's won three. You know, what does he have left? 10, 15 more years in the league. He'd still have to win four more to reach Tom Brady. And I don't know. It just seems real hard to win four of the next 10 or 12. So, you know, what what Brady did is amazing. People are trying to crown Mahomes as the best player ever. You know, let's pump the brakes on that. I'll put him up there in the top two or three. He may even be eclipsing old Joe Montana. But, you know, as much as I wasn't a fan of Tom Brady, he's still the GOAT.
0: See, you bring up a good point. He is moving up the ladder. He is from the standpoint of you see some of these great ones. I brought this up on Monday. I want to get your take because, you know, you look at the all-time greats, Dan Marino, you talked about a second ago, Johnny Unitas, Terry Bradshaw, Troy Aikman, uh, Joe Montana, Steve Young, all these great names. In your opinion, Tim Walters with the paper, is he climbing that ladder now in his all-time rankings?
1: Oh, I would probably put him three right behind Montana and Brady right now. I mean, I, I think that Dan Marino had a great career, no Super Bowls. Terry Bradshaw was amazing. You know, he, he's probably still in the top five. Um, you know, Troy Aikman, his Super Bowls are because of Emmitt Smith. I mean, let's face it, go go look at his career stats. I think he may even have more interceptions than touchdowns, or maybe that's Joe Namath I'm thinking of, but – uh, Aikman's all-time stats are just aren't great. He just should be thankful that they had one of the greatest defenses of all time, and they had Emmitt Smith, because if you recall with those uh, Cowboys teams, they won a Super Bowl. The following year, Emmitt Smith held out. The Cowboys went 0-2, and everyone was like, you have to get Emmitt back. They bring Emmitt in. They went on a historic run and won oh, yeah. the Super Bowl, and they're one of like three or four teams ever to start off 0-2 and win a Super Bowl. So it's not because Aikman was some Superman quarterback it's because he had one of the two or three greatest running backs of all time uh, just at the absolute peak of his career with a great defense. So where do I put Patrick Mahomes right now? Number three.
0: Does it even matter if you have a great running back in 2024?
1: Not necessarily, because would you call Isaiah Pacheco a great running back? No, he's good. He's not great. So, uh, you know, the running back position is so different nowadays. I mean, just the offensive schemes of football and the way they're called are so much different. It's hard to be a running back because when guys are trying to open holes, you know, in, in the 90s, holding wasn't called near as much. So, you know, you might break open a hole for your running back to get through, and next thing you know, up oh, there's the yellow flag on holding. So, you know, nowadays running backs are disposable. They're more used in a, in a pass-type attack, short swing passes, so your running back needs to be able to catch the ball. Emmett was just fast, powerful, hit the holes. You couldn't tackle him, and that's what made him so great. So, yeah, it's just different now. Mahomes is just out there doing it with no wide receivers. I mean, you look at one of the guys that caught a touchdown for him, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You know, he gets a touchdown, sure, but he also took a a two-yard pass 15 yards backward. I mean, it's like, what's going on there? So all you have is an aging Travis Kelsey, you know, uh, a decent running back, you know, they should also thank their lucky stars for that defense because the Chiefs' defense is one of the most underrated ever. And I got to tell you, if I saw Chris Jones running at me, I'd just lie on the ground and cry and hope he didn't kill me.
0: That's very nice of you to say. That's a high regard right there. It is. I think about, you know, the Miami Dolphins, you have probably maybe top one or two best wide receivers in the NFL in Terry Kill and just the impact he has on the field. You've had him for two years. You've gotten to the playoffs twice. You've not won a playoff game. The Chiefs had Tyreek Hill lose him and win two Super Bowls. So what does that say about the current state of the NFL?
1: Well, part of it is the Dolphins couldn't keep their defense together. I tell you what, I would like to see the Dolphins not lose all of their cornerbacks and their signing, you know, defensive ends off the street. I mean, I heard you got a contract offer, Mark. It was just crazy what happened to the Dolphins the last few weeks of the season. So if they could have held that defense together, if they could have just won that that Tennessee game that they blew on Monday Night Football, they are hosting a game at home, a healthy defense. But no, unfortunately, that's what makes football such a tough game, and that's what makes what the Chiefs do amazing. Is you know they 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 stay, you know stay relatively healthy, but Patrick Mahomes wins with next to nothing. So you know I I, I don't know what makes that spe- you know what makes that so special really if you look at it i mean the chiefs lost their first game of the season this year but if you remember chris jones held out and then he returned for the second game of the season which was against the jaguars and he absolutely marauded on trevor lawrence so it just shows you again the 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 importance of one piece whether it be on offense and defense and when you have one of the best in the game on defense and the best of the game at quarterback then that's a pretty good recipe for victory. So another reason why I just believed weeks and weeks ago, hey, Lamar Jackson, get out of here. Josh Allen, see you later. San Francisco 49ers, no chance. I'm going to take the Chiefs every time in those situations.
0: When your book comes out, can you call it Recipe of Success or whatever you just said? That's not bad.
1: Either that or that's the album for a heavy metal band, Recipe for Success.
0: Recipe for Success, the follow-up to Appetite for Destruction. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. It really is. You and me, we got something going on here. If we only had musical talent, your wife has musical talent. Maybe she could be in our band, and then we'll learn to play.
1: Come on. (laughs) She can sing, but I don't know, Mark. You know, I've tried learning guitar. I've tried learning piano, and I know one thing in life. I am not a savant. I am not somebody musically what? talented. My talent comes in my words, in what I can write, and what I can think, but not in what I can actually do musically. So, uh, you know, my best friend growing up was a guitarist. They made me the singer of the band because I was not musically talented, and I was also an awful singer. Hence, I'm a writer, not a singer.
0: It's very poetic of you to say. We're here with Tim Walters with the Florida Today newspaper. Don't don't sell yourself short. I think you do a great job, and I always appreciate coming on. All right, real quick, what was your favorite commercial from Sunday?
1: Oh, boy. Um, hmm. hmm. That's a tough one. There were a few. Uh, you know what? I I really was cooking and doing other things. I know my wife was glued to the commercials. I actually watched the commercials with less interest than most people. And I'll tell you why, Mark. Mainly because... These commercials that you're seeing on the Super Bowl are the ones you're going to see for the next, like, six months anyhow. So I figure, you know, I'd rather watch the game and do things during the commercials because I'm going to be seeing them. So I know that that's an awful answer, but I can't even think of one that truly stood out to me, only because I wasn't paying as much attention as probably 130 million other people were. All
0: right. Here is my, my little rant, and I want your take on this. So they would have movie trailers in the Super Bowl. And the movie trailer would be just a teaser that says, go online to watch the full trailer. No, just give it to me now. <laughs> Don't tell me where to go. Just give it to me. No, you need to go onto your phone and then look at YouTube and watch it. And then when I go on YouTube, this is what drives me crazy. So I try to watch the movie trailer and there's pop up ads before the trailer. No. A trailer is a commercial. You can't have a commercial to intro a commercial. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> and I'm sure it was probably four minutes long, which is why they want you to go watch the trailer online, because nobody's buying four minutes of Super Bowl commercial time.
0: But they will spend $300 million to make a Fast and the Furious movie.
1: $300 million. <laughs> it's yes, for a movie that will take in $1.5 I would do that every time too, Mark. Let's go get a loan.
0: This is the greatest country in the world. I can't stress this enough. When I, when I watch the Super Bowl, I think we're the greatest country from the standpoint of we're the only ones that do this, where it's a football game, a game for children, and we turn it into this gigantic spectacle where it's like a rock concert and we have a halftime show and everyone's breaking down what the outfits are and who are you dating and then who's doing this. It's the great. They're not doing this in Brazil or London or Tokyo. No, no, no. Just in this country, buddy. So I hope you're proud as an American.
1: Oh, I'd love to be around for some of the championship soccer games they have oh. over in Europe. I bet they're fairly outlandish and lavish over there. But you're right. Nothing compares to how ridiculous it is surrounding the Super Bowl. They- so, hey, hats off to the NFL. There was a survey recently that said baseball is no longer America's pastime, it's oh, football. Yeah. So you know it's uh, it's an incredible thing that they've done for a sport that's what just over a hundred years old. So uh, you know, great job by the NFL, and thank God that that game got interesting in the second half.
0: All right, here's soccer, football. This what's ridiculous. They come out and they're holding the hands of like a child, and everything's cordial, and then they kind of just release the lineup, and then we start playing. Not in our country. Our guys, they get rock and roll music. And then, like, the Niners come out to a boombox playing. And then <laughs> there's fireworks. It's the best. Okay? I I feel bad for these other countries. I do. Um, are the Chiefs the favorite next year then?
1: I think they have to go into the, into the season favored. I mean, everyone's going to look at them and say the same ridiculous thing that pundits always say. They don't have receivers. They don't have this. They don't have that. You know what? They got Mahomes. They'll have Chris Jones back. He signed his deal earlier this year. So, I, you know, you can pick your bills. You can pick your dolphins. You can pick your nose. I'm going to go with the Chiefs in the (laughs) AFC, And I imagine that San Francisco has to be still the choice in the NFC because they're bringing back most of their defense. You know, you've still got Christian McCaffrey, who's definitely, you know, one of the top offensive units or uh, offensive pieces, if not the best in the NFL. They've got great receivers. Uh, Debo Samuel, I love. Brandon Ayuk is so good. So... You know, uh, it looks like next year, just based on the makeups of the teams, I wouldn't see why, you know, they wouldn't be favored. Obviously, Detroit, a lot of people are going to like them. Uh, Green Bay is going to get a lot of love. I think in the AFC, Houston, where you're going to have, you know, Tank Dell and, uh, CJ Stroud and Will Robinson, all of these guys in their second year, they're going to, a lot of these teams are going to get pumped up. San Diego with Jim Harbaugh. And, but you know what, Mark, I will, I will still take for now the Chiefs, unless uh, and and I hope this doesn't happen. Unless Mahomes gets hurt, I think you got to put the Chiefs as the favorite once again.
0: Well, they'll get wide receivers next year. They'll just upgrade. My thing with the Niners is, you know what? They've had their shot. Give someone else a chance to blow it in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Enough! (laughs) Enough of you guys! Can't win. Enough of this. It's ridiculous. And now the clock's on for my Bears at the NFL Draft. So... That's what's going to happen. Let's switch gears. Um, today I'm going to the track there in Daytona. We had this discussion last week, but let's, re- let's reset. Have you ever been to a Daytona 500 before?
1: No, I've not actually been to the race. Now, I did go out there, Mark, uh, the year, and I can't remember exactly when it was. It was somewhere around 2008 or 9 when they had just refurbished the track, the start-finish area where they waved the flag. And so I got to stand up on that and see what it's like to look over the track. I got to do some laps in a pace car. We got up to about 130 miles an hour. I got to try and walk up turn three, which I can't remember the, the angle, but it's an abs- It's like walk- trying to walk up a wall. You can get maybe three steps up it. So I've gotten to go there for pre-coverage and watch the guys taking their practice laps and going to the pits and all that, but I've never actually covered that race on actual race day.
0: Well, you suck. i'm just messing with you um there's always this moment there and this is where i'm i'm really a jerk so i'll be at the track for like a couple hours and i'm talking to drivers and i'm looking at all these cars and then it happens every time it's the stupidest thought in my brain happens every time i go to the speedway hey someone give me the keys i want to drive like that's how i feel every time does that happen to you you know, it used to
1: until I actually got taken out on the track. And I got to oh. tell you, when that guy left the apron, and it felt like I was on a 45-degree angle going oh. in a rocket ship, uh, yeah, that was a little unnerving. I don't know if I want to try driving that, Mark. <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what's just as scary. Do rush hour traffic driving on Wickham Road here in Melbourne. All right? You, <laughs> you better keep your eyes on the road, two hands on the wheel. Don't even change the radio sometimes. I'm not kidding. It's crazy with some of the driving. Other one, I'd say mm, 192, you're going westbound towards 95. I know I sound like I'm in the helicopter, the traffic reporter, when I say that. Oh, yeah, it's pretty bad. Do you have any other locations here in Brevard that you watch out for?
1: Oh, boy, you know, Wickham's, uh, Wickham's definitely high up there, 192. I'm trying to think of, uh, you know, there are some roads that, that are more like a speedway than than they are. Oh, yeah. Uh, than they are, but uh, I, I hate the backup on Pinita. Heading eastbound at Wickham Road. That's always a nightmare. So I'll go with those. And, and Mark, I, I think, did you just quote the Doors Roadhouse Blues? Keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the
0: wheel. <laughs> Maybe I did. Uh The other one. All right. You're driving northbound on 95 and you want to get off at Vieira. So exit 191, which is technically kind of Wickham Road. And it'll be backed up. On to 95, because so many people are trying to turn into there to try to go to the avenues or something. That's also a death trap. So there you go. All right. But uh it'll never be as bad as I four, And that's why I live here in Brevard County. OK, that's exactly right. Um, you wrote a great article this morning with the Florida Today newspaper about soccer and the penalty kicks. Why did you do this, Tim?
1: Well, I'll tell you, Mark, you know, i would never really thought too much about penalty kicks in my life and things like that until my daughter decided she wanted to be a soccer goalie, and she's actually really good at it. She's got great instincts and things like that, but, you know, uh, sometimes in a game, I mean, these kids are nine years old, and look, this happens all the way up into the professional league. You may have a corner kick. You may have two guys running at the goal. One guy falls down. They've been playing a whole game. Maybe one goal is scored. They've run like seven miles and then this subjective whistle gets blown, and here, have this kick from 12 yards away, and it's almost impossible to stop, and then it negates everything else that's happened in the game. So, you know, my proposal is, uh, well, first I researched the penalty kick mark, and I found that the uh, distance of that penalty kick has been there since 1891, so there's that. Human beings were a lot smaller back then. Soccer players weren't nearly as trained. The equipment was awful back then uh, as far as shoes, as far as the soccer ball. In fact, the ball that they used was created by Goodyear, you know, like the tire guy, and it looked like a leather volleyball. So they probably couldn't even kick that as hard. So over time, human beings have gone – the average man – I can't remember what my research said. I think the average man was five foot five and 140 pounds. And so people human beings have grown to be an average of males 5 foot 8 and 180 pounds. So you're talking about 10% in height and 30% in body weight. Now you think of a soccer player who nowadays is bred to actually do it and they kick that ball so hard it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's funny sometimes in practice I'll let some of the comp team girls kick balls at me while I'm in goal and then they can boot it. So you're putting a goalie in an awful situation and especially at the youth age where they can they probably get hurt doing that. And so I wanted to find out why the penalty kick distance was so close, and it's essentially it was easier to measure and mark on the field in 1891, and they've never changed it. And the soccer ball didn't start looking like what we know a soccer ball as until the 1970s. And, of course, now the technology is even better, but they've never actually changed where the PK is. So I think that they need tiers of penalties – uh, I said tier one, two, and three. I've gotten some feedback from people saying, ah, it should just be two tiers, whatever it might be. But you move the closest one to 15 yards instead of 12, that's 45 feet. It's still hard to stop, but it gives the goalie at least a chance. And then, you know, a, sec- a second tier would be moved a few yards back from that, and then a light foul would be behind that because you don't want a penalty kick deciding a game that's been so hard fought by these people over such a long period of time. And it just doesn't make sense that you would update so many of the rules of the game, but not that one. So Mark, I appreciate you giving me a forum to kind of explain all of that. I love researching history and things like that, but this is one thing that I think that maybe they should look into changing.
0: Okay. I have another rock band name. You said it in here. You didn't even hear it. Tears of penalties or tears of penalty. That'd be another rock band name. What do you think?
1: Well, yeah, I think that would be the band that had the album name that we mentioned earlier about being Recipe for Success. Yes. Here's the new album by Tears of Penalty, Recipe for Success.
0: I like it. I do. This is an 80s hair metal band. That's not bad. Um, Seeing a penalty kick in person at a high level is pretty amazing. Like, don't go to the bathroom. You better watch this. I agree with you 100%. It's super hard, and it is too close. There was a time years ago, I went to Eastern Florida State College where I checked out the women's practice when Jeff Carr was still the coach there. He's now the AD. So they put me in goal against the women's team. Scariest thing I've ever had to try. Where that ball's coming at you. And this at a collegiate level. So you're right. I don't know what happens if, you know, Messi's shooting on you. I agree with you. It's a little too close. Um, I think it's awesome. Have you ever tried it in a video game before, trying to kick penalty kicks? <laughs> Have
1: you done that? Well, sure. In a, in a video game, it's a lot easier. But I can also tell you I'm going to do a quick humble brag dad moment, Mark. What? In November, uh, my daughter's team was in a tournament over in Orlando, and they won both of their Saturday games. They came back and they won the third game Sunday morning. They're in the championship against the team that they had beaten the prior day, 2-1. to one. And so they end up the game 2-2 and they have to go to PKs and so my daughter is standing there in goal and she uh you know she stopped one penalty kick to win the tournament for her team and it was just it was one of the most awesome things I've seen so you know just the fact that she was able to stop a penalty kick was was just great and to win the tournament by stopping one penalty kick where the other team couldn't even stop one You know, it was just such a cool thing. But, you know, she's actually stopped two PKs Uh, in the last few weeks. She's missed both of them because uh, in some of the research I did, this one girl kicked one in the top left of the net. Mm -hmm. And uh, this German scientist studied penalty kicks for 16 years uh, in the German Professional League and found that 99% of penalty kicks that were in the middle or higher of the goal converted. So it's impossible to stop.
0: Have you ever played that, uh, that arcade game where it's the Simpsons soccer game where you actually kick the ball? No, I have not no? played that. You never played it? It's, it's supposed to be for like little children, but then I play it because I'm a child. <laughs> and Mark Moses. Yeah. And Mark <laughs> Moses. So it's like you literally kick a ball and then Homer is like moving back and forth, animatronic, trying to stop you. Oh, I'll show it to you. We'll play. You, well, I know you've done the boxing one, at least, right? Where you actually punch the bag to see how hard you hit it? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, uh, I'll beat you at that as well. Not that I'm competitive or anything. His name is Tim Walters with the Florida Today newspaper. My man, thanks for your help, and have a great weekend.
1: Hey, I appreciate it, Mark, and I love it when a plan comes together.